and heard. I don't know about you, but that's my king. And what a savior, what a savior. Take your Bibles, if you would, and turn over to Acts chapter number four. Acts chapter number four. I believe it would do us all good this morning just to reflect on how wonderful our savior has been to us. What he did on that cross, he didn't stay on the cross. He went into that grave. He didn't stay in the grave. He's still risen today. And he's not like the other rulers of this world. He's not like the other uh, gods that other religions uh, worship and serve. He's a different God. He is the one and true and only God this morning. And he is wonderful. Acts chapter number four, I want to draw your attention for just a few moments. The Lord has been dealing with me over the last couple of years as I've studied the book of Acts some, but specifically been studying the life of Paul as well. And as I was here this past week, I couldn't help but be reminded of uh, our need for the Lord Jesus Christ. Not just the moment of salvation. I'm not talking about just sharing the gospel and watching someone come to know the Lord as Savior. And, and in that moment, I'm talking about every single day of our lives needing Jesus in the midst of our lives. And as you, you come to this reality that our, our days are limited, we're not promised tomorrow. And as you come to Acts chapter number 4, the Bible says in verse number 13, Now when they saw the boldness, I love these verses from Acts chapter number 4, verse number 13 on down, and some of the, the strong statements that you find here. Because I want you to notice here for just a few moments, because as you go out today, and as you go out this week, and as you go about living your life, you have to ask yourself this question, Lord, why am I here? Lord, what, what is the purpose you have for my life? What do you have for me to commission to do? And what will do you have for my life to be followed? And Lord, what are you trying to do right this very moment? And as you come to Acts chapter number 4, verse number 13, the Bible says, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, now here in a few moments you're going to see that they're, they're perceived to be ignorant. They're perceived to be uh, an unlearned gentleman, if you would. But at the end of verse number 13, it's one of the strongest statements that could be said about every single one of our lives. They had been with Jesus. Can I ask you this question this morning? Have you been with Jesus? When was the last time you said, you know what, Lord, uh, forget all the activities, forget all the functions, forget all the gatherings for a few moments, forget all the phone calls that have to be made, forget all the text messages that need to be done, forget all of the Googling and all the Facebooking and all the Instagramming and all the Twittering, forget all of the television, forget all of those things, Lord. I just want to be with you. I just want to speak with you. I just want to dwell in your presence. The Bible tells us that they were perceived to be unlearned and ignorant men. And so they come into the presence of these gentlemen right here, Peter and John, and they saw the boldness of these men. Verse 16, it gives us some more insight as they say, and they're a little frustrated here. Verse 14, backing up, says, And beholding the man which was healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. Now these are perceived to be unlearned and ignorant men. Verse 16, saying, What shall we do to these men? For that indeed a notable miracle hath been done by them is manifest to all them that dwell in Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. Verse 17, But that it spread no further among the people, let it straightly threaten them, that they speak henceforth to no man in this name. Hey, uh, we've seen it, we can't deny it, but it's not going to be broadcast, it's not going to be talked about. You cannot speak of it any longer. And they called them and commanded them not to speak at all nor teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John, I guess they had forgotten about all that boldness in verse number 13. I guess they forgot that these gentlemen really didn't care what all these others had to say. 
I guess they had forgotten that these gentlemen, as they stated in verse number 13, they had been with Jesus. And when you get into the presence of Jesus, you're not the same anymore. And so in verse number 19, the Bible says, But Peter and John answered and said unto them, Whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than unto God, judge ye. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. I'll tell you right now, when you get a hold of the Lord and you get into the presence of God and you just spend some time with him, all of a sudden you go in one way and you come out a different way. All of a sudden you go in talking one way and now you come out talking another way. You go in with priorities and all of a sudden the Lord begins to shift those priorities and he begins to deal with your life in ways that only he can deal with. And the people said, hey, stop talking about this, Jesus. The things that we have seen, we can't deny those things, but don't broadcast those things. Peter and John said, hey, whether you think it's right or wrong, You take it up with the Lord, for we cannot speak the things which we have seen and heard. I love these verses right here. As you go on later, we're going to be in the the latter parts of, of Acts, and you're going to see that Paul himself as well begins to make some strong statements. And I'll tell you that Paul was an individual that's life was completely transformed. And as I was sitting there this week, and I was just looking at all of these children, as they walk in and as they're, 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 they're talking and they're having a good time and they're, 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 they're playing the games and doing the crafts and they're participating in the music and they're listening to the Bible lessons. They're doing all of these many things. I was sitting in the back and I was just gleaning all of what was taking place in my prayer the entire week was that these young people would leave changed knowing that they had spent time in the presence of the Lord as they were together with other Christians. And some of them had questions about salvation as one of them got assurance of their salvation and that they would see that Gateway Baptist Church is full of people that don't just talk a big game, they live the Christian life. You know, our society and the, the modern day Christianity, that is the issue that we're seeing is there are far many, too many people that say that they love Jesus and that they, they are Christian, but they don't live the Christian life and they don't live like they love Jesus. I'll tell you right now, as you study Peter and John, you study the life of Paul, you find that they truly did love Jesus and you didn't have to ask them. They revealed it by the way they lived. As you come to Acts chapter number 4, you begin to see a couple of things concerning these gentlemen. I love these verses and some of the strong statements. In verse number 13, notice their boldness for just a moment. Where does all of this come from? Where does the boldness in verse number 13 come from? Where does the, the boldness in verse number 16, 17, 18, 19, and 20 come from? Where does the, the simple fact that they were able to do some of the things the Lord was wanting them to do, where does the, 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 the zeal come from? Where does the love for the Lord come from? Verse 13. The Bible goes on to tell us that these individuals were perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, that they marveled and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. I believe one of the the, the dangers in the Christian life is far too many of us, if we're not careful, we have all the head knowledge of what the Word of God has to say. But we're not willing to live it out. We're not willing to to take all of our our private life of spending time with the Lord if we do that and allow the Lord publicly to encourage others and that that as we come into the presence of, of other individuals that they would look at our lives and say, hey, that person's been with Jesus. That, that, that individual, their life is not what it once was. Something has happened and it's an opportunity for you to say, yeah, and his name is Jesus. He changed my life. I was one way and now I'm different. And what happened in the middle? It was Jesus Christ. I I look back at my own life and I see that if it was not for the Lord Jesus Christ, I don't know where I would be. 
You say, oh, well, you, you've got parents that raised you. It wasn't because they raised me in church. You say, oh, you went to teen camp and junior camp. It wasn't because I went to teen camp and junior camp. It's because at a crossroads, I had to make a decision. Am I going to spend every single day of my life really intimately getting to know Jesus? You say, what are you talking about? I commend you for being here this morning. But if you don't do anything with the word of God, it means nothing. You say, oh, well, I'm a faithful church member. That's great that you're a faithful church member. You say, I tithe every single time the, the offering plate is passed around. That's great. I give to this. I participate in this. I serve in this. Those things are wonderful, and I hope you do it with a cheerful heart. I hope you enjoy worshiping the Lord as you walk into the house of God. You, you love singing the hymns and listening to the special music and serving. I hope you enjoy all those things. But have you been with Jesus? You see, because all of those things can take place without you actually spending time with Jesus. We, we, we've come to a place in our lives where we, we have perfected the playing games part. Where, where so many Christians, they walk in, they sit in their seats, they open their Bible, they look at their Bible, they walk out and they say, well, that was a pretty cool day. <laughs> now, I hope you don't walk out saying that was a, a great time. I hope you walk out saying, man, what a Savior. That, that, that Jesus that he is talking about in the word of God is the same Jesus that loves me and died for me and wants to change my life. I pray that these young people, as they walked into a vacation Bible school, that they saw a people that had been with Jesus. I had a couple of these young people that would come up to me, and I was Agent 1 this week. Me and Brother Ron were Agent 1. And uh, Brother Ron was Agent 1 of the future. I was Agent 1 as we were looking back. And so every single day we would play a video and it would be Brother Ron talking and kind of reflecting. And then all of a sudden it would be present day of the, the, the people going through academy and all of that. And I'd have some of these children walk up to me. I want to be a superhero one day. And we'd talk sometimes. I would not have much time to say anything to them. And so we'd be talking just for a second. And a couple of them say, hey, I want to be a superhero. Can I apply? And I'd say, yeah, send it in to floor 303 on 2nd and 21st. You know, just send it in, whatever your resume, and just joke with them. There were a couple of times I was actually able to talk with a couple of them and, and pause for a few moments and tell them, you know, that, that's, that's great. But have you, have you been in a place where as you talk with these young people, they're asking all these questions, and you just want them to understand, hey, this is all fun. This is, this is enjoyable. But you know who the greatest person that you need to ask? Jesus Christ. As I was talking with some of these young people, a couple of them, I had my wife come up to me and was sharing a little bit about a young lady who had some questions and was asking about salvation and all that. And that's really what this is about. It's not about all the games. We enjoy the games. It's not about the crafts. We enjoy the crafts. It's not about the music. It's not about all those things. As these young people are sitting in an auditorium getting a Bible lesson and they're hearing about these heroes of the faith who trusted by faith in the Lord, these heroes of the faith that live for the Lord and all of these many things are prayers that their heart would be pricked and they begin to ask some questions. And we're thankful that many of them did. But in verse 13, you see the statement clear as day. They had been with Jesus. Where does all this boldness come from? Where does this zeal come from? Where does this love come from? They've been with Jesus. Opposition is then seen. The Bible says in verse number 14, And beholding the man which was healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. When they had commanded them to go aside out of the council, they conferred among themselves, saying, What shall we do to these men? For that indeed a notable miracle had been done by them is manifest to all them that dwell in Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. 
But that it spread no further among the people, let us straightly threaten them. They speak henceforth to no man in this name. And they called them and commanded them not to speak at all, nor teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said unto them, Whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than unto God, judge ye. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. Opposition comes here. They see the boldness. They understand that these gentlemen had been with Jesus. And when you're with your Jesus, there's boldness and zeal. And you just want to go and you want to fight the battles. You want to serve the Lord. You want to do all these things. The opposition comes and says, hey, we're not going to let this go any further. You need to stop talking about it. We see the miracle. We can't deny it, but let's just keep it between us. Peter and John answer them very clearly in verse number 20, for we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. There are times in every single one of our lives where the Lord begins to do a deep work within our lives. And there are even times whenever maybe opposition is taking place within your own life and you have someone opposing you or you have someone shushing you or you have something that is going on and you can't help but just talk about it. But oftentimes, if we're all being honest, it oftentimes is rarely about the Lord. You say, what do you mean? Well, we love to talk about all of our our family gatherings and our family vacations, and you won't believe what took place here, and you won't believe. And we talk about sports, we talk about news, we talk about all of these things. And we cannot help but talk about those things. But then when it comes to the things of God, we're silent. You see, these individuals, the Bible tells us, they had been with Jesus. And when they had been with Jesus, all of a sudden that boldness had taken place. In verse number 20, they can't help but speak of it. They can't help but talk about it. They can't help but just continue to tell people. You fast forward, go with me for just a moment to Acts chapter number 20. In Acts chapter number 20, one of my favorite passages in which the Lord has really just encouraged me and helped me and brought me along in some areas in my own personal life. Because you begin to ask the question, well, when is a good time to say, okay, well, be silent? The answer is never. The answer is never. When do you stop talking about Jesus? Don't stop talking about Jesus. Paul here, the Bible tells us in verse number 19 of chapter number 20, serving the Lord with all humility of mind and with many tears and temptations which befell me by the lying and weight of the Jews and how I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you. But have showed you and have taught you publicly and from house to house, testifying both to the Jews and also to the Greeks, repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. And now, behold, I go bound in the Spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things which shall befall me there, save that the Holy Ghost witnesseth in every city, saying that the bonds and afflictions abide in me. But none of these things move me. Neither count on my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy and in the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. Go with me if you would for just a moment. As you come back, you begin to see in the book of Philippians for just a moment. Go with me to the book of Philippians. In the book of Philippians, you begin to see a little bit more of Paul's heart. And we were here just a couple of weeks ago. And as you begin to think about Paul's heart for just a few moments, you begin to see in verse number 20 of chapter number one of the book of Philippians, as he says, according to my earnest expectation and my hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but that with all boldness as always, so now also Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether it be by life or by death. For to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. But if I live in the flesh, this is the fruit of my labor, yet what I shall choose I want not. 
to your Bibles and go back, if you would, to 2 Corinthians for just a moment. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, because I think sometimes we have this mentality of we are giving ourselves a timeline in which we can call it quits, a timeline in which we think we have done enough for the Lord Jesus Christ, a timeline in which we can say, okay, I'm done serving. A timeline of if this happens, if this happens, if this happens. But in chapter number 11 of 2 Corinthians, the Bible begins to shed some light into the life of Paul as it says, thrice was I beaten with rods. Verse number 25. Once was I stoned. Thrice I suffered shipwreck. A night and a day have I, I have been in the deep. And journeyings often in perils of waters and perils of robbers and perils of my own countrymen. And perils by the heathen. And perils in the city and perils in the wilderness and perils in the sea and perils among false brethren. In weariness and painfulness and watchings often. In hunger and thirst and fastings often and cold and nakedness. Beside those things. That are without that which cometh upon me daily the care of all the churches. As you begin to think about Paul's life for just a few moments, you ask the question, uh, what was the difference maker? Jesus. Jesus. You see, in Peter and John's life, in Acts chapter number 4, they had been with Jesus. All of a sudden, there was boldness and there's zeal and there's love. They can't help but speak of the things which they have seen and heard. You go to Paul's life and all of a sudden you begin to see that Paul was going through shipwrecks. Paul was going through beatings. Paul was going through times whenever he was unclothed and, and had to just scrounge up on some things. He didn't live the, 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 the comfortable life. He didn't have everything that he always needed, but he always understood that the Lord was always going to provide what he needed in those times. Paul wasn't worried about all of that. You say, well, what was the difference? Jesus. Paul just wanted to go into the towns and tell people about the Lord Jesus Christ and the difference that he had made. And as you come to Acts chapter number 20, you see that he is aware of all these things. He says, but none of these things move me. Neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy in the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. Vacation Bible School was another reminder for me specifically that if we're ever going to make an impact in this world, every single one of us need to be given to the Word of God, the work of God, and the will of God for ourselves. These young people, as they walk into the house of God, they're, they're just coming because we're advertising everything that we have going on at Vacation Bible School. As we take young people to teen camps and youth congress next week and junior camps and we have a, a generation and generation conference and we, we're saying, oh, we have all of these many things and all those things are going to take place. But what is our prayer? Our prayer is that the word of God would take place and the preaching of God would have preeminence on all of those meetings and all of a sudden these young people would be dealt with. That God would do a deep work within their hearts and that they would understand that they need to make a decision at some point in their lives that they're not just going to talk about Jesus, they're going to spend time with Jesus. I'm thankful to have grown up in a Christian home. I understand that that is a privilege that sometimes many people are not fortunate to have, but that, that meant nothing until I made a decision myself that growing up in a Christian home means nothing if I don't say I want to walk with Jesus. 
And young people here this morning need to understand that for themselves, that they might have a Christian home that they're growing up in, and that is a wonderful thing. They need to thank their parents for bringing them to the house of God. But there has to come a time in their lives, if they see their parents walking with Jesus, that they say, I don't want to just talk about my parents walking with Jesus. I want to walk with Jesus. Every single one of us this, this morning, as we're here, we can testify about certain people that have made an impact in our lives. And we say, what was the difference maker? It was Jesus, and that individual understood. They needed to walk with Jesus. And as they walked with Jesus, God's will was preeminent. God's word was given preeminence. God's work was given preeminence. As they walked with Jesus, they saw him for who he is, and they understood the grace that they had been able to experience. Oh, the many times in our lives when we take all of these things for granted and we say, oh, my circumstances, you wouldn't understand. So that moved me. Paul said, no, none of these things move me. My circumstances aren't going to move me. People aren't going to be moving me. Uh, Situations aren't going to be moving me. Pain isn't going to be moving me because Jesus is worthy. And in every single one of our lives, can I share with you? Look, many of you have experienced times whenever you have been either leading in a ministry or helping in a ministry. And I would imagine even at your workplace or maybe in your your your, your family or whatever the case might be, that people might have talked about you or or, or, or or said something about you. And you say, you know what, I'm done. People ought not move you. Because if he's worthy then don't concern yourself by the things that people have to say about you. You say, the circumstances are moving me. Oh, no, 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 circumstances ought not move you. You say, well, my circumstances are pretty rough. Well, you don't think Jesus is right in the midst of those circumstances? You say, oh, well, you don't understand the problems that I have inherited in my life. You don't understand the the, the, the situations that I've had to go through. I, I might not, but Jesus does. None of these things move me. You see, it's right in the midst of sometimes our deepest and hardest seasons where we find ourselves saying, Lord, I need to draw nearer to you. And it's in those moments of our lives where he says, yes, child, bring it to me. And all of a sudden we realize that we love spending time on the mountaintop, but there are times in our lives when we're on the mountaintop and we're far away from the Lord because we're so oblivious. But it's hard to be far away from the Lord sometimes in the midst of the valley because we say, Lord, I need you. I need you. It's in the valley sometimes where we draw as near to the Lord as we can possibly draw. And it's in those seasons where we draw so near where we're reminded, yes, he is faithful. Don't allow the devil to to, to persuade you into thinking that the Lord isn't present, that he's not there. Paul said, serving the Lord with all humility of mind. Many tears and temptations. None of these things knew me. Neither count I my life dear unto myself so that I might finish my course with joy. This past week, as I began to think about these young people and what the Lord had been doing in my own life, I was reminded that I was 16 years old. I had gone to a teen camp. And I had sat under the preaching of Brother Johnny Pope and Brother Kenny Baldwin. And all week, they had been preaching the Word of God. And I remember that moment in my own life when I realized I just needed to stop playing games with God. What are my parents going to think? It doesn't matter what my parents are going to think. What are my friends going to think? It doesn't matter what my friends are going to think. What are my my classmates going to think? What are all the people that I've told that I'm saved? What are they going to think? And all of a sudden, it dawned on me, it does not matter what they think because you know right now you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. I remember sitting there in that auditorium, that gymnasium, 
Brother Kenny Baldwin was speaking. He hadn't even gotten into preaching yet. I had to endure that entire message just hoping he'd finish so I could get to the altar. I didn't need to get to the altar. I understand all that. I went and grabbed my wife's pawpaw. And I got saved July 15, 2009. My life's never been the same. It's never been the same. But I'm thankful that I'm able to stand before you and tell you that it wasn't just that day. But that along the journey of my Christian life, there have been times whenever the Lord has gotten my attention and I've been able to spend time in the presence of the Lord and really dwell in His presence and meet with Him and spend time in prayer and spend time in His Word. And it's in those moments, time and time again, where I've been reminded that I need Him more than ever. Can I ask you this morning, church, have you been with Jesus? Have you been with Jesus? You know, we, we, we crowd out the Lord Jesus Christ in our lives so often because we have so many functions that we have going on. We have so many activities. We have so many plans. We have so many things that are taking place. We, we crowd out the Lord in our lives because our circumstances aren't pleasant. We, we have this idea that they need to be this way if we're going to serve Him. They need to be this way if He's worthy of our praise. They need to be this way if He's worthy of our worship. And all of these many things. And all the while, Paul is reminding us that none of those things ought to move you. Because if he was worthy then, he's worthy now. And forever he'll be worthy. This morning, church, I want to ask you this question. I understand, not a three-point alliterated message. But as I was reflecting on all the Lord has done this week, I was reminded this week that I need Jesus. And so do you. Have you been with him? Have you gotten so consumed with everything going on in your life, or your circumstances, your problems, or your situations, or your hobbies, or whatever the case may be, you say, you know what, I haven't. I'm not talking about opening your Bible up for 10 minutes in the morning and doing a checklist and saying, all right, I, I read my Bible and prayed. No, I'm talking about really meeting with the Lord. I'm talking about setting your cell phone down aside and saying, I could care less what comes on that right now. Lord, I want to meet with you. And all of a sudden, as you get into the presence of other people, they'll begin to notice that something is taking place. There's nothing that you can take account for. You can't take glory in it. It's all Jesus. Have you been with Jesus this morning? Lord, we do thank you. Lord, I thank you for how wonderful you are. Lord, I thank you for the reminders through your word sometimes. Lord, how... how we take so much for granted. It was just vacation Bible school. That's all it was, Lord. But seeing the joy of the Lord on these young people's faces. Seeing about the heroes of the faith. Seeing about rejoicing in the Lord. Always. Not just sometimes, always. We thank you. Lord, I pray that you would help us to commit ourselves to truly meeting with you and being with you. Lord, it's, a, it's enough that we just keep talking about these things. Action needs to be required. I don't want to be a I wonder what could have happened type of Christian. I want to be an action Christian. Help me today. Help all of us. Take this time of invitation. Use the way you see fit. For it's in Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Would you stand with me? Heads bowed and eyes closed. If the Lord's dealing with you, could I encourage you? Find yourself at the altar. Spend some time in prayer. Have you been with Jesus?
there are some that are praying, I want to encourage you. The Lord's dealing with you. Find yourself at the altar. I've been asked the question before. How, how do we live the, the Christian life faithfully? You know, the journey's long. There, there's days, decisions, 